Welcome, Tabletop Players. My name is Ruin Ortega, and tonight I'm sitting down with the guys for a cup of the hot stuff as we give you some extra espresso information for Dungeon Crawl Classics by Goodman Games. Join with me right now is my usual co-host, Cade. Hi, I'm Cade. And uh, for this set of uh, supplemental materials, we looked at the infamous Appendix N. If you're not familiar with what Appendix N is, it is a list of materials that was handed out in the original Advanced Dungeons & Dragons module uh, that gave extra materials that you could check out for further inspiration for creating your games, influencing your decisions, um, and just generally recommending awesome nerdy material. Uh, we talk about some of the stuff that's on there. A lot of it is high fantasy authors. Uh, there's some awesome comic books out there uh, and some just wonderful series uh, and we talk about the, the ones that we've read, the one we haven't read, the ones that we would like to check out in the future. Um, so that's kind of what this episode is all about, recommending more nerdy material for you guys to check out. Between the recording of this episode and this introduction, I actually reached out to Goodman Games and they gave us their blessing to not only use some of their promotional art, but to also reach out to them for promotional materials. I would like to thank them for their support of small podcasters because of companies like them, uh, we can kind of get a little bit further up an audience. So kudos to you, Goodman Games. As always, we have our coffee of the batch. And this time around, it is the Kenyan blend from Cooper's Coffee. It is fantastic. We rated it four out of five untimely demises. And if you want a full uh, description with tasting notes you can check out the gameplay episode uh, and honestly if you haven't checked out the gameplay and the review I'm not sure why you're listening to the espresso like come on guys we release these in order for a reason and with that grab a mug fill it full of the hot stuff and come on in to the natural 20 cafe as we sit down for some casual conversation Okay, guys, so last episode, we reviewed our uh, gameplay of Dungeon Crawl Classics by Goodman Games, and let's just face it, the reviews were mixed. Um, some of us had great things to say, some of us were hesitant. Uh, regardless of where we stand on that today, uh, we're here to talk more about, if somebody is interested in it, the sources that they can use to make that experience better. So first of all, just as a quick rehash, where do you guys sit on Dungeon Crawl Classics? I think by the end of our review, I had been labeled as the guy who hated it. Uh, I don't hate it. I just don't think that it's very like user-friendly to a lot of people. Um, I think it's it's got a niche group that would like it, and I am just not part of that niche group, and that's okay. It has merit. Uh, it's not very newbie-friendly, uh, but it's definitely it's it's a callback to where tabletop role-playing games started. It makes you appreciate how far they've come. Uh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Alan was the one that outright hated it. I can tell you were having fun. <laughs> I made it more comedy than anything else. but <laughs> We all kind of did. I really enjoyed it. 
I thought it was a unique system compared to anything I'd ever played and having like a whole squad of people at my control that were like disposable, but then getting attached to them when they survived something interesting. It was really cool. And I, I saw like a lot of potential for it going into like something else, using it as like a baseline mm-hmm. to start another campaign. So I thought it was really cool. I can see why people don't like it. And it definitely does have barriers to entry, mm-hmm. but I was a big fan. And I wanted to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I liked it enough to buy the humble bundle that they kicked out. So <laughs> I wanted to—I just wanted to look into it more. And like, one of the cool things of it, the book is huge. It's 506 pages for the main book, and like a third of it, at least, is just the spells and their lists of all the different things they do. Like, I just want to see that magic system. So if nothing else, I will steal that and force it into another game. I don't yeah. care if people want to play normal D&D magic. You're playing this stuff, because it sounds amazing. I think, the crazy stuff... <laughs> I think that was it the really biggest compliment. I think that was the biggest compliment that we had for it, was that there's so much you could steal and put into other systems. It's just like yeah. the perfect grab bag of stuff. Mm-hmm. I do want to try it out, though, as its whole system, for sure. I also Couple. invested in the, uh, in the Humble Bundle. I thought that was just an amazing coincidence that... You know, the night before we're going to do this espresso, as I'm looking for resources for, you know, what could people use to run this game, it shows up on my Instagram, and I'm like, heck yes. Like, I actually did like the system enough as well to say, I want to sh- give this another shot, uh, and so I was really happy to see that. Um, I agree with everything you guys said, that, um, you know, it is a complex system. I want to go back to what Jody said, though, about there being barriers to entry, and that's what we're here to clear. clear uh, that's what we're here to clarify and clear up is what kind of barriers should people expect, and what are things that they can use to kind of get over that. Um, D- DCC Goodman Games they make no, I guess they make uh, no point of hiding that this is for the hardcore players. You know, I was reading one of the uh, they have like an annual issue, um, or at least they have at one point and. In it, it basically says, like, this is not for the faint of heart. Uh, you have to make up things. They say, there's no monster manuals, there's no companions of any sort. You need to make it up. That's your job as the judge. Um, so let's turn it over to you guys of, like, what sources did you identify as being your big go-tos? Before we jump into that, just the, the thought of, like, they're like, yeah, no, this is for hardcore. Do you ever think that, like, someday... The people that make these systems are going to listen to us play them and be like, you guys so miss the point. This is You shouldn't have had <laughs> Tom, the charismatic stump. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that, that they're like uh, openly admitting that it's something that you have your own fun with and like fun is fun. Fair. Yeah, like I do think that they say like, or I don't know if they say, but it seems like they're trying to go back to a time when D&D was, or, like, that is a big call of what they do, is back when D&D was simpler. And back then, you did a lot of the work, right? Mm-hmm. There was very few books. There was no material. If you wanted a cool monster, you had to make it up. And that was a big thing. He wrote it. Gary Gygax wrote that everywhere. Come up with your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think they're about that. So it might not be friendly for a new person, but if you want to, you know, create your own stuff, it's a great way to do it, right? For sure. And yet, in that regard, they did in the original AD&D release a resource that this game, DCC, is based on. That's the Appendix N, in which they said, yes, make it all up. But if you need inspiration, here's a giant list 
of all these authors that you should look at for material to work with and build your world around. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also important to note, though, that like looking at this Appendix N, there's a lot of authors and works that have now kind of fallen into obscurity. Um, there's some, obviously, that are like very well-known. Like, I mean, Tolkien is on there. Lovecraft is on there. Um, but there's a lot on there that, like, I'm pretty nerdy, and I read a lot, and I haven't heard of a lot of these authors. Um, and it's just, it's interesting to know that, like, because we always talk about how, like, oh, has, has nerd culture become kind of the mainstream now? And to know that, like, this was made for, like, super nerds back in the day, <laughs> and they're still super nerdy. And... Yeah, it's just, it was interesting to look at this list and be like, okay, I am not as nerdy as I thought I was. Uh, yeah, it's from a think, different time, though. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's dated. Mm-hmm. Lots of it. It's still good and interesting. Oh yeah, but it's a little misogynistic some places. Mm-hmm. Some of my the, some of the one reference I'm gonna make the one story terrible. <laughs> the guy just wants to lock a girl in a cage, and he's like, I'm gonna keep her, and she will be mine. <laughs> I'm Crazy. sorry, are you telling me that's not how I get a wife? <laughs> that's like literally I, the plot of I have to go open some doors somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They, so there is an updated version that has also been released that obviously we're not going to get super into now uh, yeah. because it doesn't pertain to DCC, but they have like modernized the list and it's got some of like my favorite authors on there um appendix e i want to say is what they yeah i believe it's appendix e yeah and it's it's awesome and so if if you read through appendix n and you're like this is great but like a little antiquated there is also another jumping off for something a little more modern and diverse friendly i think a lot of the obscurity of these authors comes from the um the pulp era of magazines Mm -hmm. and short Mm -hmm. stories and the fact that a lot of these stories come from you know the 25 cent magazines the dollar magazine that people publish stories in because they couldn't get them published anywhere else you know lovecraft mm-hmm. was a part of that and so were a lot of these ones and i think that's why we don't actually see them anymore mm-hmm. yeah and even beyond just like the mm-hmm. the authors of like novels and these bigger works they also explicitly mention ec comics which is was a uh, an offshoot, uh, or I guess kind of like one of the first indie-esque comic book companies um, that wasn't Marvel, they weren't DC, um, they published things that were usually too graphic or scary for those main ones. They were the first kind of big company to, to buck the whole Comics Code Authority and be like, nah, we're going to put beheaded women on our cover um, and nice. all that kind of stuff. And they, they specialized in horror books, crime books, and like true crime books and uh they were very underground because a lot of companies wouldn't hold on to them so you only got them by like you know your buddy's older brother having them and slipping you a crate of them so you can read them (laughs) or um having you know a friend who had a hookup or whatever um so it was it kind of lent itself to that that underground nerd culture that D&D was in during this time i was just taking a look at this appendix e and actually my favorite fantasy authors on there scott lynch from the gentleman bastard series uh, so that's kind of cool brandon sanderson he's my favorite starblight archives and Mistborn. so with all of that history in mind what sources did you guys find what texts or media did you find that were the most compelling or influential for modern 
DCC players if they really want to invest in this kind of hardcore, grim, dark fantasy? The like old classic AD and D modules and the ones that have been uh, like updated to current editions. Like all I could think of the entire time we were playing and like learning about how the the character creation system was built to kind of like transition naturally into D and D. All I could think about was using the DCC system as a launching point to go into a full campaign where this is how you pick your character mm-hmm. is by attrition and killing off all the other ones and if you end up with a fighter you end up with a fighter if you end up with your cleric you end up with your cleric and like to have a full party do it that way and then complete one of the ad and d modules with that character that are like the considered like the hardest or like the most old school D &D type gameplay where it's kind of like that system where you're more using like your spells as tools less combat more puzzle solving and traps and stuff like that i think it would be a the most unique way that you could start a campaign and doing something like the tomb of horrors or like the ravenloft castle one with characters that you created that way i like man it gives me shivers i got goosebumps like thinking about it (laughs) playing that campaign yeah i think for me looking at like the appendix and like i said there's a lot of authors on here that i don't know i'm not familiar with um but i mean the big jump out is obviously tolkien um, and the fact that they they list the Hobbit on there specifically in addition to the the Ring trilogy, um, when I was playing it, it very much kind of connected with like the Bilbo adventure. You know, he's just you're an average person who finds out that the world is a lot bigger than you thought it was, and you feel very out of your depth, and you're just kind of along for the ride. Um, and for me, that's kind of what DCC kind of encapsulates. You're not like you're not the Gandalf. You're not the Legolas. You're you're Bilbo. You don't really know what's happening, but you're you're on an adventure, darn it. Uh, and so for me, that was the one that looking at the list of Appendix N really jumped out as being like, yeah, that's that's very familiar to the scenario that we played and what I imagine the system as a whole lends itself towards. Well, and the other big name that I want to point out on there uh, is Lovecraft. And the reason why I want to just briefly discuss him is because we spent our entire episode episode one and our review follow-up for episode two um, which people can go back and listen to talking about how the call of cthulhu role-playing game was so vastly different from DD, and i think that includes dcc in there as well so why is it what about lovecraft makes him a worthy candidate for this list created by gary gygax well like a huge part of the D&D mythology is the other planes of existence and like that fits into Lovecraft or like Lovecraft fits into that really naturally it's like drawing inspiration from Lovecraftian creatures to create like other dimensional threats in a D&D or like Forgotten Realms world that's like I can see it easily fitting in and like I also just on a side note I think that using a DCC type system to create fragile little Cthulhu characters to get killed off by otherworldly demons also would be an extremely fun like way to use the system. Yeah, it definitely lends itself to the you are a fragile human and you are out of your depth. Is again something that we see in ev- almost everything that Lovecraft does. Like the most prepared people we have are like police officers and they're still fighting elder gods. So <laughs> Yeah. 
I think a big part of why he's there too is actually a lot of the more obscure art or authors also kind of fit into the vein of I think a lot of people have tied these games and maybe DCC I'm not so sure with this idea of like this higher fantasy which is what like Tolkien wrote and stuff like that but a lot of these guys are actually like sword and sorcery writers and they write like really weird stuff where like it's almost sci-fi in some of them and stuff like that and that Lovecraft plays with sci-fi and horror and all these weird kind of things and I think that's because that can be a whole nother style of D&D right like just go into the underdark in D&D and it instantly is not high fantasy anymore you're getting yeah. eaten by everything it's a nightmare if you play it that way I guess right everything has that kind of thing so I think there's a strangeness to it and that's why one of the author I picked or was I find most interesting Jack Vance he's right in that vein and it's really interesting stuff I find I think it's I like the normal fantasy but i want to start dabbling with the more obscure and stranger things because i just think it's been done a lot yeah yeah it's definitely also interesting that they have like conan the barbarian as like one of the series that's mentioned on there as well Mm -hmm. because again that's another series that starts off very high fantasy and gets a little almost sci-fi adjacent as well like it gets Mm -hmm. more and more fantastic to the point of absurdity um yeah it definitely kind of lends itself in that similar kind of vein um edgar rice burroughs with his mars series same kind of thing so i think what you said kind of got me thinking a little bit Jaden. that like lovecraft his stories came out at a time when science fiction was still in a world that wasn't really high technology yet so science fiction was still kind of like had like a big fantasy element compared to what we think of as science fiction now which is very like hyper technological mm-hmm. yeah so like i can see why honestly like that made me think lovecraft fits even more in with the forgotten realms uh aesthetic just because the things he was writing about are like ancient gods and like rituals mm-hmm. and cults and stuff not like like they're aliens but they're not like the the laser gun shooting aliens we associate with sci-fi today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, often they seem back. like magic instead of science in a lot of his stuff, too. Or a mix between the two. And even to go back to Edgar Rice Burroughs, who most famously or infamously, depending on how you view the Tarzan series nowadays, he wrote Tarzan. And everybody knows that one. But I don't think the... Um, now, I've never said it aloud, but Pellucidar series... <laughs> Um, I, I think that one is incredibly relevant in comparison to Tarzan because it's talking about, you know, being on other planets and there being things like dinosaurs and creatures that you're fighting with primitive technology. Um, and, and that to me is is so much closer to D&D, I think, to go back to what Jody said about, you know, than what we think of current sci-fi fantasy as. Mm-hmm. Uh, other sources that we found to be interesting um well if i can you know get a little into something for a second here i have a good thing that i think is super interesting yeah well because we all really love the magic system and i've actually heard of this from some other people that are really big into actually older D &D and then have maybe moved on but did play a big part in it mostly on youtube and some other things like that but his name is jack vance and he's an author he wrote tons of books um the two that are referenced on the, in Appendix N are uh, The Dying Earth and um, actually just Dying Earth. Then he did a sequel called The Dying Earth. So he made it really confusing. Um, and then The Eyes of the Other World. I've only ever interacted with Dying Earth, but it is super weird, super cool. It's that weird mix of sci-fi and fantasy. 
And it's where, like, D&D magic started and definitely is what DCC is trying to capture as their magic. It was actually called Vancey and Magic when D&D first did magic. Really? And that was because it was based on his way of writing it. And the way he did it was, it was super strange. It was really hard. You didn't have mundane magic. You didn't have a, you know, a broom that swept up after you because it was difficult. It could kill you to cast a spell if you weren't capable. And, and you could only have so many and there was few and actually a lot of names he wrote become spells. Like he did prismatic orb and he was the guy that named, um, I can't remember. There's tons. So if you listen to his books or read his books, you'll hear all these different spells that are in D and D and all these other games. I can't remember what other ones he's done, but he talks about them and, and they're these weird beings almost. Like it's like you have to hold this thing in your head and you can only hold five in your head maybe if you're a powerful wizard at a time. And then once you cast it, it goes away and it's just disappeared. And well, so that goes back to traditional A D and D, like you were saying, mm-hmm. the fact that you used to have to memorize the yeah. spells that you were using for that day. You didn't have this giant grimoire or tome that you were using. It was like, Hey, you have five spells that you can use today. You're committing to them right now. Yeah, and so yeah, that, that it just you can feel all of his writing throughout um, that. And so the one thing I would really recommend is people read Dying Earth specifically. It's a collection of short stories. Um, the one called Mazirian the Magician, which is the one where he, tra- he wants to lock the girl up in the cage. It's a little bit dated in its writing, <laughs> but it really shows his magic. Like there's these they're wicked powerful mages, and the guy only has five spells that he can use for the day, yeah. and like he can only use each one once, but he can destroy things with it he he kills one guy by spinning him so fast he just separates <laughs> but then he then he can't do it again that's yeah so and his magic is crazy and weird that's, it's super cool that's so silver age comics and i love it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah if you guys want to read something weird read any of his works but specifically the dying earth I highly recommend um, it for some weird, actually, fun fantasy. You've you sold me. my interest yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like we all need to start a book club, Yeah, and that's what we're reading first. <laughs> Patreon content. <laughs> but then their fan, his fantasy also is like, also that, like he fights monsters in the stories, like he acts their names yeah. and he talks about them and he gives kind of like a backstory to them a little bit, just like if you're playing D&D and stuff like that, yeah. and, or any of these games. So his stuff... And all these authors that are similar to his vein, I think, can really be mm-hmm. felt in any D&D or fantasy style. And I recommend it for anything, but DCC especially because it so much wants to be original. Or not wants to be, but is working with original D&D ideas. And original D&D ideas, at least magic, came from his That's stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And some items and stuff that are in the games, too. Mm. Some eye, I can't remember what it's called in D&D. And some hand of, of Vecna. Hand of Vecna from Jack Vance. Cool. Talk about that in Critical Role if anyone wants a uh, <laughs> reference to that. Alright, Jody, what did you me. find? Honestly, on the Appendix N, like, the only thing that I had any connection with was Tolkien. And that's like, you know, it just kind of goes without saying with how popular it's become and how much of an influence it's had on, like, a lot of modern fantasy media, like games and stuff, how it's easily a reference. But like I said, I think the the things that I thought of most as like using as as inspiration or like a further place to go would be to check out the older D and D modules because they would fit with the system so well. Like it meshes in the time frame and like the game mechanics and everything, the style of stories and like dungeons that would work well with it. Perfect. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Of like in the D and D communities, you hear a lot of older veteran players 
saying that they hate 5e because it is so easy and mainstream in comparison and so I definitely think that, yeah, you can find really great resources by going back to those older modules that you're talking about and just using them with DCC. And DCC Goodman Games is really open about the idea that you can run it with any sort of module and just modify the characteristics, right? I think it's also interesting that, so it's not actually on, like, the list of authors, but in, like, the preamble before the uh, appendix, um, that he specifically mentions the the works of the Brothers Grimm, as well as just, like, mythology of, in general. Um, And I think that's that's really cool to kind of, you know, go back to, like, these fantasy elements are not things that people just kind of created out of the ether that it's something that like mankind has been creating forever i mean you look at norse mythology and they have giant snakes that encompass the world and um you know all these giant larger than life creatures and multi-headed giants and stuff like that the greeks have you know these monsters with a thousand heads and 500 arms and whatever um and it's yeah, it's like clearly they were going to take influence from those things when creating fantasy content, but it's just, you never, once you've heard it, you're like, yeah, of course they did, but you don't really think about it all the time. You never think like, oh yeah, this is a spin-off of a mythological monster or something that the Brothers Grimm created because they were twisted. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't tell wizards that because they'll sue you because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can you have oh, bah- bah- Bahamut, that's totally our name. We, we've done that. We, we brought that up. That's not a traditional god through yeah, like, eight yeah. religions or anything. Exactly. Oh. And Odin? Oh, yeah, we own yeah, Odin. We made don't Odin. worry yeah. about that. And Zeus? He's ours. <laughs> yeah. Odin's in World of Warcraft. I found him the other day. I thought that was neat. Cool. So. That is cool. I do love Odin. He's definitely, like, top... Well, of course he is. He's the leader of that yeah. mythology with that pantheon. But I do like Odin. He's cool because he's smart, and that's why he leads. And there's not a lot of people like that in pantheons. They're usually powerful. And like absolute. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Zeus, same way. Oh, <laughs> Zeus is awful. I guess the the resource that I looked at that I really thought was uh, influential and that people should consider getting when they purchase this system is i actually went into that humble bundle catalog by goodman games and um, i believe you can find this on their website but they in it there was one particular source that i thought was phenomenal and i really thought that you know myself i don't have a large degree of high fantasy grimdark uh the really weird obscure fantasy i just don't have a lot of that knowledge And so the one that I was looking for and found was called Tales from the Magician's Skull. And it is an anthology magazine style of short stories that are of that genre. And it is fantastic. It is well illustrated. It has great short stories in it. But even more to that, so you read the short story, you get a sense for what the the authorial intention is or what kind of story you should be trying to tell through DCC. And at the end, when you've read all of them, there is an actual guide to putting those stories into a game. So they'll have like this character that was mentioned in the story. Here's his stats. Here's his equipment. And so you can actually have real resources on top of getting a feel for what that story is actually like and i thought that was super cool 
It's actually pretty next level. I'm yeah. excited to read that. Guys, is that a, can we can we roll with that and just like start writing stories and marketing them as like books plus D and D adventures? Like, <laughs> That's actually like a really good oh, idea. Like totally a whole subset of like just a publishing company yeah. that just does that. Yep. It'd be hard yeah, fight against all the big guys, but it might be worth it. <laughs> We'd make a killing. Yeah, um, that's a well, really yeah. cool <laughs> thing, though. That's really. I, I just I couldn't believe the luck of finding this, and all I can hope is that they publish more of them because not only do you not have to create an original story, but you actually have somebody telling it to you in a way that makes it really evident for how that story should be relayed to your players. Right, you get a real sense of the characters and everything. Um, I, I almost feel like every single module should be told this way. While we were talking, I came up with another one. It's, it's not on Appendix N. However, it's something that I think would relate well to this if you're playing it the way that we ended up playing it. Where it became kind of a comedy and a... like a Almost like a parody of what like D and D can be. Yeah, and the the first. I mean, thing it that felt like mind... we were playing the Benny Hill RPG, really. <laughs> and when Monty you Python think of that, game. the first thing that comes to mind is Terry Pratchett's Discworld, where it's like forty books all tied into the same universe, where everyone is a spoof of high fantasy tropes, and it's amazing and super clever and well written and. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're interested in, like, hey, I like, you know, DCC, but I want to make it kind of goofy and funny and silly and not take ourselves super seriously, but you want to find humorous elements to bring into it, check out Terry Pratchett's work. Um, he's amazing. Guards Guards is a great way to start. It focuses on the city watch of a town and their whole deal. Um <laughs> Good Omens is a good way to kind of introduce yourself. It's obviously not D&D, but it's written with Neil Gaiman, and there's no way you can put the two of them together and not have something amazing come out. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And there's definitely. an Amazon series on that, isn't there? Yeah, Amazon Prime has uh, the Good Omens show. And it's got David Tennant in it, so... Yeah. Never have you and Jesse ever talked about those books? Because I'm pretty sure Jesse digs them too. I think oh, she's she? like read almost all oh. of them. Yeah, she has most of them. I think. There's is there one so... called Ogre Ogre? There is. Yeah. There's like yep. 42 yeah, okay. books. Yeah. That's the one I always this. remember. Yeah. The yeah only... She has like probably 20 to 30 <laughs> of them. Awesome. Her sister wow. gave them all to her. Nice. Yeah, but she read them as a kid. That's awesome. I've been meaning to actually go through them because they do they're seem so like they're good. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're hilarious. I have to do that now. That dry British humor, and it's just it's so funny. Well, there it is. If you are looking to invest in Dungeon Crawl Classics by Goodman Games, this is a curated, modestly list of sources that you should be looking at to help run those games, get immersed in the world, and really find your groove as a judge to help your players along. 